bad at the beginning of the pod. Put at the beginning of the pod. Excuse me. We're recording. <laughs> you good? Can I start? I don't know. Maybe you should ask the fans that question. Guys, are you good for a start? <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Do it! Start! Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Cannon Side Chats. Today I'm with, as usual, Sam and Beckett. How are you guys doing today? We'll start with you, Beckett. Well, I really appreciate that all our Nigerian fans yelled back to you to start the podcast. Yeah, definitely shout out Nigeria. Thank you for putting us in the top 50 for your sports podcast. We really appreciate it. It's much appreciated. I'm surprised we could hear them, honestly, from all the way over here. But yeah, they're excited. They're ready to go. How are you feeling, Sam? Do you share their enthusiasm? I do. I do. It was a a great game versus West Ham and uh, looking forward to um, the weekend. What do you got this weekend? Leeds, baby. Oh, I thought it was Christmas or something. Well, yeah, actually, we do have a Christmas celebra- celebration during the Leeds game. Yeah, but. that's all oh, right. Oh, rip. That makes, for, that makes a perfect Christmas celebration, right? A little arsenal, a little Christmas, eggnog, yeah. all the goodies. Well, we're one of two teams playing on Saturday now. All the other games are canceled or postponed, I guess. So hey, more, more eyes on us, baby. That's how we like it. Yeah. So, without further ado, why don't we just I say we just get into the the old game we played against West Ham during midweek. Uh, obviously, a 2 no win. Pretty exciting, pretty invigorating, um, uplifting, especially after after the last two results that we've got, aside from Southampton, obviously. Um, but, yeah, um, on the last two games, a little 5-0 on aggregate, two shutouts in a row, clean sheets. Um, what do you guys make of starting lineup whenever you saw that? Any any concerns? Any I mean, what is it? The exact same lineup as Southampton? So yeah, it was the exact same lineup. The only thing I thought might have changed. I thought Smith Rowe might have came on for Martinelli, but thankfully he didn't. After how the game played out and how Martinelli Martinelli performed. Beckett, do you have any thoughts on the starting lineup? Are you okay with it? Uh, yeah, I think. So I asked the question on the last one. Did you guys think the lineup warranted change after the Everton game? We did. We kind of agreed that what else are you going to do? Stick with the lineup. It worked against Southampton. I certainly saw no reason to change it from that. You think about Smith Rowe, but Arteta to this point, if someone has a good game and deserve to play again, they're going to stay in. And Martinelli did that. So I think, I think he deserved to stay in. Um, might have a question to ask on Saturday against Leeds because they both scored. So I don't know what we're going to do there, but I, I was, I was uh, glad to see the lineup unchanged. Yeah. That's a uh, hard conundrum to get through with having Martinelli, Saka, ESR, and now that Odegaard's, you know, bagging some goals and putting some goal involvements under his name. It's like, one of them, one of them has to miss out. So it's it's a battle trying to figure out which one that's going to be week in week out. It's a good battle to have, though. Yeah, I mean, a, yeah. If only one of them played striker, honestly, it's better than which one can. would we rather not play? Yeah. <laughs> Although it was, I mean, either way, now I mean, you have a good good sub off the bench to bring on. Uh, right, as we saw against West Ham. Exactly. Exactly, and Martinelli had been that before. We've seen him do that too. So, um, so now I mean, the, you, you want to get them both minutes, but I think there will be minutes to have, especially with again Pepe Alba leaving, more places for people to play. Yeah, I think we, I think we noticed earlier in the year. I can't remember which game it was, but Emil Smith Rowe. It might have been Ashton Villa. Emil Smith Rowe didn't start, came off the bench, and as soon as he came off the bench, immediately changed the game, uh, created a goal, a soccer goal, I believe. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's the, the pure, uh, what do you want to call it? Game changingness that is on the bench. That's not a word, but we're going to make it a word. Um, on the bench now is, 
is really uplifting because I remember how shoot last year, even at the very beginning of the season, it's just like we have no one that we can bring on if we're down, if we need a goal. <laughs> I mean, everything was a negative substitution, dropping back into more defensive shape or something. So if we didn't get a goal in the first half, first 45, first 60 minutes, we were uh, we were just going to try to lock it up and, and get a, a draw or something. So it's nice to have at least some sort of attacking prowess coming off the bench. Um, it just is a shame that all of them can't get in the starting lineup. But, yeah, perhaps one day, as you say. Um... What about the first half? Anything? Any? I guess it wasn't really. It was exciting, but it wasn't too eventful. Aside from the the Sufal yellow card, which I'm sure we'll get into. So Sufal yellow and Tierney off the a beautiful volley off oh, the crossbar. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Good which is actually going up or ninety without the tip. Yeah. So I uh, that was exciting. Just I thought I thought the whole yeah just the tip of uh, Fabianski, but. Um, it's a big tip though <laughs> big old tip but I was uh I was excited the whole first half because it just kind of felt like we we're on the verge of getting a goal and then we didn't end up doing it so going to the second half I thought hopefully we could get one early and then whenever we did I really didn't have a question about whether or not we were going to finish the game off or not Beckett your thoughts on the first half yeah, I mean, uh, after the game against Southampton, uh, great game. I was hoping they could follow it up, and West Ham has played pretty well. I know they've had some different results lately. But still, I mean, they what they beat Chelsea last week, two weeks ago, whenever that was, a couple games ago. Um, Moss Walker rips one over 90, and they win. They pull out a result. They lost to City 2-1. This is a... I thought this was going to be a tough game going into, and I think the first half we played really well, and I we really kind of dominated the play. Um, I think at one point um, around thirtieth minute we slowed down a bit, but it's kind of understood you can't just press nonstop and not expect to have some sort of fatigue when your team. As soon as they went it back, we looked dangerous in the offensive side, making combinations there. So um, I told someone recently, I said, soccer's kind of weird because you can have a 0-0 game and it can be like the most boring thing you've ever seen. Then you could turn the channel and you could have a 0-0 game. It could be one of the most intent- entertaining games you've seen. And I think the first half was really entertaining, even though it ends up 0-0 and um, – but we had our opportunities. Our offense looked much better, and I think we continue to be stable back line. So I thought the first half was really entertaining. Yeah, certainly, certainly entertaining. As I said, wasn't necessarily eventful on, on like not the stat sheet, but like on the timeline, the ticker of the game. As I said, there's only that that yellow card in the first half, but yeah, it was it kept me on the edge of my seat. I was watching intently the whole entire time, waiting for for us to break through. And it only felt like we were the ones who were going to break through. Um, I don't, don't remember really feeling very pressured at all in the first half aside. From... I think they had like the, the one that um, four Niles hit, but I th- like, Oh, I thank think you. That... Thank you. Yes. The one that for hit off of, off of a, a questionable free kick given in the corner where where lock is that kind of fakes who fall out. He acts like he's going to come in for the challenge and just stops. So he just goes down like a ton of bricks, and then the, the foul's given. Um, so I would have felt a little bit, a little bit hurt had that Fornals hit gone in afterwards. Um, but to Tyranny's credit, he recognizes the danger and gets out quickly enough to to put him off and not give him give him all that far post to aim for. Um, Fornals shot looked so it looked like it was just hitting post and in. Oh yeah, right. Ramsdale was nervous as well. You could tell. You could see him scrambling uh, yeah. to get over. I I clenched up a little bit. I was like, ooh, that's a <laughs> that's a very good hit. But I mean, I like to your point though, that was their only real effort in the first half. And I don't I don't even know. I remember at one point it was it was probably around thirtieth minute or so too. Um, the commentators said that. I think West Ham had maybe two touches total in our box. In the box. That was right before the four Niles hit. Said yeah. it right before the four Niles hit. Um, yeah, and so 
you don't even need to save out of your keeper on that. And I th- that's the only chance they have. So I think we really have been protecting our box pretty well. So that not even do they not get in there, but like all their shots are from outside the box. The only thing that's going on in the box is maybe deflections, headers, free kicks. You can't really do much from keeping them out of your box, but yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, just looking through the stats here on, on FootMob, they only had 0.37 XG throughout the whole entire game. So I mean, imagine that cut in half. They might have been a little more dangerous towards the end of the game uh, when they were throwing the towel at everything. So some of them might be been created there. So um, yeah, other other than than the Sufal shot, I don't think we felt danger at all. Um, There's just a few. We had a few shouts for penalty shouts, foul shouts that that weren't given, um, which is understandable. But just looking at those, they those tackles seemed borderline reckless in my opinion and it only went to to foreshadow the eventual penalty being given would would you guys agree with that sam yeah i think i don't know i think with the rules that are going to with the penalties and files given in the box are are just always changing so i never really have a clue what to expect um but the one that we're actually ended up being awarded, I don't think if the ref calls that a penalty, I don't think that if VAR looked at it again, they would have given the penalty because I thought perhaps the other, the one on Sokka and then the other one are more so de- could be deemed a penalty more so than the one that we actually got. Beckett? Maybe. Um, but I mean, they, so we, we were getting fouled all over the pitch. And as you said, and I think that does have to like factor in to the ref a little bit. You, you would hope that you look at an, each incident individually unbiased. But, I mean, we had been fouled a couple times. And if you're on a yellow card and you've fouled someone a couple times, it's you come into that tackle very aggressively and you you don't even get much of the ball. So... I, I can kind I I mean I understand that people are always gonna penalties are always gonna be 50 50 especially whenever we have VAR and it's not used properly and <laughs> we're not making the right calls and there's no consistency so I don't think he gets enough of the ball like you can certainly get the ball and still be called for a foul he gets the ball but he also skims the ball and whacks Lacazette in the shit and Going with the Antonio foul we saw earlier, I I don't know why it's acceptable that your foot is off the ground when you slide like that anyway, especially for the Antonio one. He barely gets Ramsdale, but your your foot on your slide tackle is like three feet in the air to try and two feet in the air to try and get the ball just because it's bouncing. Well, you, you, that's not just. I thought that definitely deserved a card. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's no different than. Ederson coming in to try and kick a ball that's in the air, missing and cleaving Mane in the face. Or that was Mane, right? Uh, or I don't know who it was. No, but Mane got got an a city player in the face. No, Mane cleated someone in the face. Other way around. Was, was there one last year? I thought Ederson got. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ederson got his that's own center point. back. Yeah, Ederson yeah. messed up yeah. uh, Eric Garcia. Yeah, yeah. But either, I mean, the point is, like, you can't go, you can't just fly into tackles that high anyway. It's like a dangerous play whenever the ball's bouncing and you just try and kick a ball and the dude brings his head down. So, okay, uh, well, I was I was really talking about the the two incidents in the first half. I'm gonna leave the second half pe- actual penalty for uh, the second half discussion. So, do you? You're do talking about the one he got on? scissored. Sorry, I'm I, talking about the. The Masuaka challenge, where he kind of leaves, puts a leg in there just for oh, Saka I thought to you're kick. Oh, talking about on Laka. Sorry. And I was talking about the okay. the scissor okay. on Laka. Yes, yeah. both of them. Um, Not the Sioux foul that that we sorry. just talked about for about fifteen. I'm minutes. just going through all the fouls right now. My bad. There's so many of them. Um, yeah. So the Dawson foul I'm talking about, where Lacazette gets he... in, goes to strike the ball, 
Dawson scissors him and prevents him from following through. And there's nothing given because the ball had, in quotes, gotten away from Lacazette. When, in reality, Dawson puts in a, a terribly timed challenge, gets none of the ball, and just prevents Lacazette from finishing a shot. Which, on the halftime report, Tim Howard somehow calls this challenge brave and just incredible defending. So I just I just don't understand that there's just no consistency at all when it comes to when it comes to this kind of thing because you put in a challenge like that and then you barely get the ball and whack Lacazette in the shin and then you feel aggrieved to have been sent off after you've already elbowed someone in the face. So I I just I don't get the uh, the sense of like entitlement and everything that comes along with in some of these games, but yeah. You'll understand my confusion with Laka, Laka, Saka, Chaka, all of it happening. So I apologize. But yeah, I, I would agree with your sentiment. All right. Well, now on to the second half. Why don't we, uh, I guess we can get right into to Martinelli's goal. That comes relatively quickly. Yeah, I mean, Gabriel plays a nice ball into Laka and he gets that turn. Yeah. Tons of space. Yeah, I was going to say way too much space. I don't know where Suchek or Declan Rice were, but no yeah. center back follows him, and he yeah he's able to just turn and just walk a ball into Martinelli. Yeah, shades of um, Henri cutting in there from Martinelli, and just so that that's a Henri finish, hundred percent. Which I mean, oh, yeah. Alba was doing that for us when he first came, and he was playing on the left wing. So there's, I mean. Signs of something similar there, but yeah, excellent finish from Martinelli too. It w- and it was a brilliant ball, as you said, from Gabriel into Lacazette. I mean, it's easy to find someone. I don't want to say easy, but when someone's in that amount of space, it shouldn't be that hard to you know whip ball into their feet as you did. But still, good to see him. You know, progress the ball a little bit on the dribble, get look his head, get his head up, find feet, and it's yeah, just straight. I mean, it really didn't come out of anything at all. We just straight from back to front into midfielder. Goal. I mean, I'll take that all day. Did either of you guys feel nervous when Martinelli got in, or did you know that was going in? Uh, I don't know if I was confident in the moment, but after how I saw after I saw how he took it, I was like, wow, there was never a doubt in his mind what he was doing with yeah. it. So um, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. And whenever I saw it, him tuck it away, I couldn't have been I couldn't have been happier for him. And he continued to play well after that. So I'm excited to see how um, he continues to perform. Oh yeah, he had a little nip in his in his step too after the after the goal and before he was playing with some fight. He he was on the yellow for obstructing Fabianski, which right. I thought was hilarious. Hilarious. Um, but but it's funny to see how how aggravated Fabianski got at that. Um, but I thought he he I mean he almost probably could have been sent off. He put in a few hard hard challenges after that that just that weren't weren't even fouls weren't called so. That's yeah, another thing it. I love about him, though. He's tracking back, and when we're up 1-0, he's tracking back in the 75th minute. Like, he's still playing hard D. So, I mean, yeah, if he's he's just got the energy to sprint the entire game, it seems like. So, um, I always love watching him play. Yeah. Anything else on the goal, Beckett? Anything further? Yeah, West Ham was still in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. No shit. No shit. Um, all right, I guess we can go. We'll go on to the next next incident, which indeed is has already been talked about, and that is so so falls second yellow and the penalty being given all in the same little sequence of play. Um, again, we can just touch on it. Did did you? Is it warranted? Do you? Can you see that being a pin? Is that a pin? Same. I mean that's a pen all day for me. Watching it, yeah, it, watching it again from the different angle, I think it is a pen, but I just, I don't think if that goes to VAR, I don't think it's one that necessarily gets overturned either way. I think um, they stick with whatever the uh, the man in the middle says on that one, just because I don't know. There's not many great great angles of it to really, I don't know. I don't think there's enough evidence to go either way. Yeah, it's one of those inconclusive ones I I can agree with. Um, 
And as you said, Beckett, I don't think that you can look at a foul based on what you've given already in the game, anything like that. Um, I think it definitely can be called a pin, and I've seen less called a pin, um, especially thinking back to that David Luiz uh, Wolves red card that was just horrendous, where he's not even trying to make a challenge and gets red. Uh, so, yeah, I... I, I I don't think that West Ham can complain. Certainly after the 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 Dawson challenge on Lacazette, I just you're playing with fire when you're going in like that in your own box. Right. Like you're, you're asking for something to be called and to to barely get the ball and then make all contact with Shin that high. Not, not regardless if it's the studs or not, because the studs are up even though they're not facing Lacazette. Studs are way up in that challenge. So I just don't think I don't think you can have any complaints if you're West Ham for getting the penalty or getting a red. Like that's just a reckless challenge on a yellow outside the box, let alone inside the penalty box when you're the last man back in between Lacazette and goal. So if that wasn't it, in the box, it's a foul. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All no, day. I mean, and and it and on a yellow card, you can't have a play like that and not expect to get another yellow card. I just like on a yellow card, you're basically not supposed to make another tackle. Yeah, Maybe interceptions are like pure 50 bumping 50 stand him up. a little yeah. bit. Yeah, like a little more shoulder to back instead of shoulder to shoulder. But you're not supposed to be making slide tackles really on a yellow card. No. Yeah. If you, I will you say, have to know when it 100% every time. So I yeah. That's not winning it 100% in my book on a yellow card. No, but I will say without the prior instances and like calls for a penalty to the Arsenal in the game, I don't know if if the refs is, has the con- same conviction that he did in calling that penalty if the prior events didn't happen. I think they definitely, whether he knew it or not, played a part in his, his decision-making in that in the penalty. Just because he looks at it and he's like, okay, well... They've already had almost two debatable pens, and he's definitely, I mean, he's definitely thinking about that in his mind during the game, in my opinion. Yeah, a little unconscious bias. I have varred like four different calls already this game. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this is the most confident I feel, so yeah. Um, So now we talked about pin rightfully given. It it really doesn't matter in the end because we can't convert. in my opinion, it's a it's a really poorly taken pin. Uh, how do you guys feel? I think it was a little too lax. I feel like everyone in the stadium knew where he was going with that, and uh, had no no fools for uh, Fabianski either. Great, not not taking anything away from the save. It's a great save. On Good the penalty, save, but, but in my opinion, it's just a poorly taken pin. What about you, Beckett? Yeah, it is kind of lax. Maybe that's rust, but I, I mean, you have to, you have to. We need a striker who can hit pins. All right, we need someone on this team needs to just be absolute money. And the only person I know that's absolute money from the spot doesn't play. So we need to figure something else out. And that yeah, is shout out Anthony and Niles. Cool. Yeah, I agree. It's it's too lax. It's everyone knows where you're going, and you hit it with the instep. You're trying to like bend a penalty. It's a twelve yards. What bend do you need to put on it? You know, just get up there and hit a piss rocket. You should be able to place it with your laces too. At that right quality, world class quality that we're playing at, or that we should be playing at. You should be able to lace that. Almost wherever you want. In there. Yeah, I mean, you just both of our strikers, Alba and Lacazette, which Lacazette has been, I mean, relatively decent from the penalty spot before before this, but yeah, none none of our strikers really hit the ball with much conviction. Just in general, like ball striking, even when they take free kicks, it's almost too much whip, too much finesse, too much this, too much that. Man, just go up and strike the ball. I don't know. I, too I, cute, too cute. A lot, a lot, too frequently. So I mean, when they try to place it, they don't lift it. If you keep it low, that's the easiest spot to save. 
I mean, I know a perfectly placed shot is probably better than a hard shot, but if you're going to go low, you need to put more on it because it needs to be able to get past the keeper. Yeah, it didn't It didn't trouble Fabianski. It didn't trouble him at all. So, All right, but in the end, it doesn't matter because uh, we're already 1-0 up thanks to thanks to nice Martinelli. Martinelli on regal. Um, and then come again and around the 86 minute I believe we get a nice little uh nice little second second nice little one to uh, ease the nerves should we say and it all starts from from the main man quite potentially aside from Ramsdale the signing of this of this summer window Tomiyasu just being an absolute unit and not giving up on the ball in the slightest. It's almost like FIFA, watching FIFA. He had to win the ball like three separate times before it bounced his way, and we actually were able to gain possession. Um, and from there, it was there was no doubt in that counterattack. Yeah, no, there were uh, – he had a lot of options there, Smith Rowe. Um, he got the ball from Saka. Then once he started driving in, I was like, I think he wants this to himself. And then – before you know it, he rips one near post and Fabianski just doesn't have a chance. So um, it's not what I thought he was going to do with all the options he had to both sides of him. But um, got to love the confidence. And, I mean, I'll take it. Another another midfielder goal. And um, hopefully they can just keep pouring in. Yeah, he had so many options on that. I, I honestly was kind of like, is he going to pass this ball as he was running with it? I, I was kind of confused because I thought we were going to waste the opportunity. But no, weak foot just sneaks it in. Uh, love to see that. Another goal from him. Another goal off the bench. Another goal from the midfield. I mean, I who needs a striker right now? <laughs> Speaking of which, was, his, was that volley against De Gea? Was that on his weak foot as well too, wasn't it? That's two back-to-back. Um, back yeah, it was. Two back-to-back weak-footed goals for Smith Rowe. Who even needs a weak foot? <laughs> I will say though, when you have that many options, though, sometimes it like it just causes the play to break down because you're kind of overwhelmed and have no clue what to do. But there was only one thing on his mind, and thankfully so because he made no mistakes. I just love, yeah. I love in the build-up as soon as the ball's won, as soon as that ball is won, everyone starts springing forward. Right. We know that it's on. Um, and Saka does really, really well to drag their left back, or I'm not even sure if it was the left back anymore, but whoever was in the left back position, uh, he drags them into the middle and just gives Smith Rowe the range. So, I mean, 20 yards of space to run in unopposed straight to the top of the box. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a vivid example. I remember earlier in the season in which Smith Rowe kind of gets the ball on the same sort of scenario and he drives in. And he's got Pepe overlapping on the right and he wide open. And I'm, I'm saying, oh, he's passing this. He's passing this. And he takes the shot. It's kind of scuffed. It's an easy save. And I'm like, you know, complaining, like, oh, what is, what is that? Just play the simple pass and he's a pass into the net. Um, and I was afraid the same scenario was about to play out there, but I'm, no complaints when the ball goes in the back of the net. So, yeah. And you mentioned Saka's run there too. It actually helps. ESR a lot because if you go outside that defender can like if he's trying to cut out the two he's probably not in a spot like well he's not in the same spot as he was when it's soccer on the inside so he's both blocking the goalie and the way Neil Smith Rowe hits it against the greens you have no reaction time on that so it helps him tremendously and he that this one was so much cleaner hit than the volley I'll give him that so he, he really struck it well with his weak foot. Yeah, and the Megs on the goal, too. Left Fabianski standing yep. standing and watching, which is nice. That's what I'm saying. That defender is over that way a little. And so not only can he see, especially when you go through his legs, it just blindsides him. Speaking of Megs, though, we had a few. I know the, right before the tyranny foul, Lacazette with a back heel through the, for a Meg. Saka had people on skates for a good part of the first half. He got a Meg, and then... Uh, I think it was after Martinelli scored, he just kind of had the ball underneath his foot and he just rolled it under, rolls. Uh, rolls it through. I don't know whose legs it was, but the whole crowd was like, oh, and it was, that was nuts. So 
Um, those are always good to see and make make football just even better to watch. Oh, yeah. Saka had free reigns over there on the right side, too, going after Maswaku. He was, it, I think, I don't know, it, he smelled blood early on and just kept going after him. It was a couple, oh, yeah. a couple plays. And it wasn't even on the dribble either. It was on combinations. It was on anything, just getting free before like before he even gets on the ball. Um, yeah. You know, playing one twos. He yeah, he was he was doing whatever he wanted on that side. It's a shame that he wasn't able to to get on the score sheet. Um, Which um, in the first, but coming to that too is Masuaku on Fatmop has a seven point five rating. <laughs> Yeah, after There's getting no after getting walked no around, chance. yeah, yeah, poor guy. But anyway, that that Milford row goal takes us into to two point or two nothing and three points. Um, and yeah, and just ends the game, kills the game for it. So, so you love that. Another um, clean sheet. Another clean sheet. Fourth place. I think that was our best game of the season. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I think it was the most comprehensive for sure. The most comprehensive game for sure. I mean, we we looked we looked good the entire game. Like I said, it was like a ten minute spell in the first half, um, that we we were a little slow. We couldn't get out a little bit. We had to concede possession to West Ham. But even then, like, like again, you can't press a little time. You have to sit back a little. You have to concede something at some point. When we did come into a shelling backed off a little bit they had no chances as we talked about in the first half they had one shot um they really had no chances and in the second half i think you could say well we didn't score from the pen does the red card change the game a little bit but do you think that we don't see that game out without that red card yeah no i mean i was a little worried that we might pull some in arsenal and give away just give them a goal but I didn't see them creating anything on themselves, for, by themselves, for themselves. No, no, exactly. Yeah, nothing. And uh, and so I, I mean, I, I don't. They had a little bit of momentum um, before the red, but again, I think we were just in a phase where we had gone pretty hard and we hadn't really changed a whole lot yet, sub wise. So we were a little tired. But I mean, at the end of the game, they still have point three seven goal differential. The red cards in what the point three seven xg not gold yeah xg sorry 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 the red cards in the sixty seventh minute I mean point three seven up to the sixty seventh minute we had two point eight or something with the pen I, I, I we were we just played really well and it was fun to watch this it was their attacking movements were going strong I just it was a very fun game to watch I tell you all what else was fun to watch um. And it has nothing to do with the actual game playing. But, for example, when Tierney gets gets the elbow in the face, there is an immediate uproar made by five, six of the players on Arsenal. Um, same thing with Saka's, Saka Matsuaka challenge. As soon as that's not given... We kind of, Tommy Asu does it well to to pin them in by their corner, and Odegaard, who had just complained about the foul, comes flying over. I thought he was about to just absolutely wreck the dude, and say, "Oh, if that's not a foul, then this isn't a foul," you know, something like that. But he plays the he just absolutely rips the ball out of bounds, and then immediately turns and is giving the ref shit. Um, same thing with the penalty shot. So I was just really excited to see see players getting around the ref, putting some pressure on the ref. Um, all it, without all without the captain on the field too. So it's like you know taking taking stuff into their own hands, which is nice. Which I'm sure we'll get into right after this the captain situation. Even not just putting pressure on the ref, just sticking up for your for your boys and your team, and know that um, that you're not going to let that keep happening to them without you know some repercussions to uh, someone on the other team or or whatnot. So it's just good to see the the team doing that because I've seen and in past times Arsenal be getting bullied around like that. And then just nothing, nothing comes back from them in return. Yeah, They so. kind of go into a shell, right? Like they let themselves get bullied. Yeah. And you can't have that. You gotta, you gotta hold your ground and, and uh, keep up with the physical pace of the game. 
Yeah, and I th- a very big leader in that regard has been Gabriel. He yes. was one of the first players up in the rough face yelling about the foul on Tierney in the corner because after that happens, right before we take the free kick, the ref calls Locker over the captain and then Gabriel over because he wants to have a conversation with Gabriel. And tr- reading his lips a little, I think he said, listen, I'm the ref. You ran all the way from defense. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> that can't just be acceptable. So I'll let go this time basically because he didn't give him anything but i yeah i really we've been asking for them to be more vocal about fouls because sock has been getting the shit kicked out of them and we've had other incidents and this game they were all about it and we were getting fouls which were warranted fouls and west ham's a big physical team so it was, it was good to see us trying to protect each other as like a team a little bit more and maybe that's part of the emphasis now is we're going to use like the whole team as the leadership. You guys need to all hold yourselves accountable. Maybe that's the answer for the rest of the season. I don't know. Without a captain. So without a captain is right. That brings us into the next conversation, which will be posed. What or who do you guys envision taking the captaincy role whenever whenever that's decided because i don't think arteta's even put a put a timeline on it when it's been going to be decided anything like that i think it's just generally uh assumed that lacazette will take take an interim role um and then that will be the captain armband will be distributed um when in games and he's not playing so i'm just wondering what you guys think on on who that captain will be on the field and as well as in the clubhouse, you know, cause Lacazette, he, yeah, he's happy, happy dude. He seems like a, you know, like a really good positive influence around the young players and all of that. Always working hard. Um, but he probably won't be here next year. So, you know, someone has to either step up or, I mean, I don't like the idea of buying someone and, and immediately making them the captain, but, yeah, so who do you guys who do you guys think of contenders for that role? Becky, we'll start with you. Yeah, I I think Laka will take it for the rest of the season. Um and I think we've kind of seen the chain of command, as you would call it, so far this season. If Laka doesn't play, usually it'll probably fall to Xhaka when they're both off the field. We've seen it already. It went to holding if he is on the field. So I think it's probably going to be those three for the rest of the season. If Locke and Chaka aren't on the field, maybe we get our answer a little early where he's leaning. Um, but I, I think I don't think the decision. Sam? Yeah, I agree with kind of just doing whatever for the rest of this season. But I know you guys probably are, are heading in different directions with who to give the armband to kind of as the next permanent uh, Arteta deemed captain. At the moment, I'm liking Gabriel kind of for what we're talking about earlier, just how physical and how, how much of a presence he is kind of anytime there's something going on on the field, he's always there kind of giving in his two cents and, um, I think just him and Ben White's partnership has been played out so well that he's in the lineup more consistently than uh, Kieran Tierney. And then with Odegaard, I know there's possible talks of giving it to him, but kind of whenever your front four is switches out as basically on who's hot between Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard, um, and all that, I don't know how much consistency there is in that lineup, uh, which kind of is another reason why I like the idea of giving it to Ramsdale as well is kind of because you know that he's going to be in there each and every game. But um, right now I'm leading, kind of leaning towards Gabriel. Also, I think the armband kind of gives you a little bit more leniencies to where like if you get into a challenge and it's kind of on the debate um, and you're the captain or if you're saying stuff you shouldn't be, the, the ref is a little bit more lenient with you. Um, but no, I think I think Gabriel right now is my top pick. And I know that's that's probably not what you guys are thinking, but um, I don't know. What do you think, Hugh? 
I like Gabriel as a pick. Um, as you say, for the imposing nature that that he plays, the style he plays. Um, yeah, I, I do like Odegaard as well, although I do I do hesitate just because I feel like your captain has to be someone that, that is on the field, you know, 90 minutes, week in, week out. Can't be getting subbed in the 60th minute and passing the armband off. Well, I suppose he can, but I just I don't feel like that sets a really good you know, a cap captain example. Um, but you know, that's just me. Um, I also don't, I also really don't want it to be someone leading the line up, up in the front. I just, I don't know why, but I feel like the captain has to be someone playing in the middle, um, in the back line. I don't like, I like, I'll get, don't get me wrong. I love Ramsdale and I know that I respect the fact that he's probably going to be in all the time, but I don't like how, disassociated the captain is when he's the goalie and right. he's at the back and he's not involved in play the whole time. I mean, you think about some games, some games we play when we have 70% possession and you know, he's not, he's just not involved in the game whatsoever aside from a few opportunities to distribute the ball. Um, so I just think that, that it has to be someone in the middle. I mean, who knows? Maybe we don't have him yet. Maybe Emil Smith Rowe, Saka, someone like that kind of, builds their character i don't want to say matures but you know gain some some leadership role within the team um, because i would love to give it to to a homegrown academy born player who has been raised in in arsenal and knows the core values and knows how much the club means to to fans not to say that others don't but it just gives it a nice a nice touch when when you can have someone who's been brought up arsenal through and through wear the armband. I, I think that's that's probably ideal. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, as long as we're winning 2-0 every game, I don't think the captain sees a big deal whatsoever. Yeah. Becky, what are I, you, who are you leaning towards? I'm leaning towards Tierney. Um, I think he's... I don't, I don't think that we are going to do one person as our captain. I think we're going to have like a chain of command again going forward it'll be like tyranny odegaard i think he'll kind of have like the leaders of the team all together because i don't know if you can guarantee anyone on our team right now is starting every game except for gabriel and ben white probably tommy ramsdale too ramsdale ramsdale well yeah yeah sorry um which i mean is your back line and your goalie but party's been hurt you're not giving it to him odegaard we've discussed the reasons why you probably wouldn't give to him. He's coming out in six. He's not playing every game, full game. Um, if if you're gonna give it, if you go, are gonna give it to one person that is gonna play every game, probably the full game, you would give it to Saka because he's the most undroppable player in the team. I think um, maybe maybe like I mentioned, your back line and goalie, but Gabriel. You, there's questions over his English. Does that translate? He looks like a really well-liked character. Um, he has his own celebration with Sokka. He's, everyone's happy for him, finding out when he's, that his wife's pregnant last game with his celebration. Um, yeah, it was so, awesome seeing Lacazette make sure he grabbed the ball for him because Gabriel yeah. scored and forgot about his celebration. You know, He's just so pumped to score, and then yeah. he's like, oh, shit, I got to get my yeah. ball. Forgot he had a kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh shit, I got a kid. Yeah, Yeah, no. And then so Lacazette is is a nice little moment when Lacazette has it and presents it to him with a big smile. My point is though, I like when I think of a captain though, someone like Gabriel just is so much more that suit than Sokka, in my opinion. Like I I love Bakaya Soccer. He is the most undroppable player on the team, probably. But when I think of a captain, I think of someone that's kind of asserts dominance and i just think that defenders typically carry those characteristics more so than wingers strikers yeah um, unless your striker is cristiano ronaldo yeah i mean yeah. he's the or most masculine who, person someone in the world. who bags you know <laughs> 25 plus goals every season right yeah well and so with with gabriel like he does exert all those qualities like you said and maybe this is the downfall of recruiting such a young squad is you 
you have leaders in the squad, like Odegaard's captain of Norway, Tierney's been captain before. Um, Zombie. Zombie's was captain at Anderlecht. So you have all these leaders in your squad, but they're all not, I mean, they've all never led at a club like Arsenal. So maybe that's part of, like I said, the thought process might be, well, we have multiple leaders. Can we have a collective leadership that just holds this team accountable? And maybe that, maybe that'll work. I mean, Sokka's a star boy coming up. He like, you have a couple veterans in there, but we don't have that veteran that is out and out a captain of your team right now. And like you said, it might be weird to just bring him in, not knowing how he would adapt to the group or anything and make him captain. So I don't know. Right. I, I think I, that I, is like last option at this point. Yeah, just bring yeah, someone in so and be too. like, you got it, man. Especially when like what we need the most is a striker. You don't want him leading the line queue. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be plus just thinking back to the experience signings <laughs> that we've made in, in recent past, like, a you know, like a lick shiner <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, someone like that. It's like, well, you don't want to give him the ban because that means you're going to have to play him. And boy, is this dude God awful. Yeah. But you also don't want to give it to someone who's going to flip off the crowd. Yeah. Also true as well. Yeah. No, the Jaka cannot get the armband back unless no. it's like mid game. You know what I mean? Unless it's mid game. We don't have anyone else who is a cat. I'm okay. If you know, lock was at hands of, the armband off to Jaka for the last 20 minutes of the game. But yeah, Jaka cannot walk out wearing the armband. I think Can that I there would be a question? riot. Oh yeah. I don't if are you gonna if, ask? Okay. Yeah, sorry. If Laka and maybe Shaka, or if Laka alone isn't starting and Alba's not starting, who gets Do you the give armband? it to Jaka off the off the bat? No, yes. no, okay, no. Okay, so then no, who gets no, no. the armband? Who gets the armband in a game for the rest in of the season? In a game that if... Laka or Alba's not starting? Yeah. Or um, basically, I think if, we... I think oh, if yeah. Tierney is in the yeah. game, Tierney has to have it on his arm. So will that. Do you. Yeah. Does that translate into like next season? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, kind of. Um, I don't think so unless it's, you know, given, given to him. Yeah. Personally, this year, I, I think at the end of the year, when when a, hopefully a striker signed, um, new stuff like that coming up, I mean, you, maybe we have more established, you know, starting lineup where we're playing. You know, maybe we have ESR goes off for fifteen goals this season, and you know he's playing if he's fit, type deal, something like that, where Tierney's willing to give it up or. Maybe, as you say, at the end, we have a committee where it's Tierney and Emil Centro. We have first and second captain or something like that. I don't – kind of going back, I don't think Jaka could ever put it back on, even if it is mid-game. I just feel like if that were to happen, I feel like you should give that experience to someone you see possibly being a captain in the future rather than I – I just don't feel like it would be received well by – a lot of fans seeing that. Maybe not by the fans, but in the end, does it matter if the players respect him and are respecting of of him having the armband still? I guess not. And I guess, he, I mean, he could prove himself, but I just think, I don't know, some things are, you, you've just taken things too yeah, far. It's, it's, it's irreparable what, what he did, for sure. Yeah, that's well, something that will always just be a stain amongst Many other things at his time at Arsenal. I mean, who's probably, not to mention who's the, the most... stains in his pants anytime anyone runs the pressure room. <laughs> yeah, who's the most tenured starter right now? Um, Besides Chaka and Laka, yes. Besides those two, probably maybe Tierney. Tierney or Party? No, not Party. When 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 did we buy? Yeah, yeah, Tierney party. party. They, I'm pretty sure they were bought in the same window. Party. I mean, maybe Tierney 19, because Party was bought on bought on deadline day. September. Yeah. I mean, who's got more appearances? Definitely Has Tierney. Tierney. Has to be. Yeah. Here's your reminder. Dinner. 
Oh. <laughs> are you kidding me? What are you? You have to be reminded to eat dinner? Beck is an animal. <laughs> you are. You're a dog, bro. No, I'm going. Get your bowl. Yeah, where's the bell? You just need I'm a bell. I'm going to dinner. So this was my reminder that I said. Who's the lucky guy? Well, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it saying, Beckett, reminder, breathe in. <laughs> breathe out. Yeah, I'm just trying to be more organized in my life and keep myself accountable. You know, that's great. That's great, and that's a great transition into the last point that I wanted to. Uh, I'm just talk trying about. to be captain of Arsenal. Sorry. Thanks for interrupting. That's going to get you there. <laughs> no, the last point I want to talk about is is the omniscient of Alba again on the team sheet, as well as the fact that we have brought. Eddie in again this game. Um, does that, I don't want to say worry you or, I mean, I suppose there's really no one else to come in, but does it concern you, I should say, that you were given all this game time to to players that are, are just going to be gone on a free, that are eligible to sign for someone else in two weeks? No. I think it just shows that you gotta you got to make a move. Um, just kind of fill those gaps and find more people to to get those minutes because I don't I don't really know who else we would give them to at this point. Yeah, I mean the only the only person you can think of is Balogun, and he seems set to go on loan in the in the spring. So, did you see the highlights he posted on Twitter from their game last week? I don't think I did. Oh my! Check, I know, he's, They're insane, I know he dude. scored a almost Puskas that goal, uh, really reminiscent of of Neymar's Puskas goal, where he he had a little little interchange with Amari Hutchinson. Um, yeah, but that that clip is brilliant and all, and I love it. But that clip also shows why him playing in the PL two is doing him no good whatsoever. Right. Yeah, because he gets the ball at half and stands on it for like. Five minutes and just baits two dudes in and then croquetes around them and then runs almost untouched through the box until he plays that combination with Amari Hutchinson. He looked like he was at recess. In the yeah, club yeah, it was, he yeah, was just, he was playing World Cup with a bunch of classmates who've never yeah. played soccer before. Yeah, I mean, right, he, he needs a new challenge, and I think he recognizes that as he's, he's he wants to play better competition, and he, he deserves to, I mean. Yeah, it it would be frustrating being at a point where it's just not even challenging to you anymore, and it's clearly what it looks like for him. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, so maybe not not so much worrying that we're playing giving those minutes, but is it worrying that we're giving those minutes ahead of our captain? I'm not sure all the the intricacies of regarding the COVID protocol if he, you know, was of actually available for selection or if he was still, you know, in the isolation period or or whatever there was with that. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. And the one of the press conferences Arteta had, he they kept asking him questions about when Alba would be back and he he couldn't really comment any further other than saying that it's gonna take time to heal. So who knows at this point when we'll see Alba back in the starting lineup or just even in the subs for a game. Yeah. Well, that's depressing uh, on a personal level, but honestly, as I, as mentioned on our blog, our arts cast that I was listening today, there might've been some people who are upset, you know, that Alba's, Alba's out in the uh, player camp, but they're also, you know, could potentially be a, a section of people thinking, wow, you know, this is long overdue we can't keep putting out someone who's not going to give us any sort of performance whatsoever. Right. And especially whenever it's like, Oh, you don't want to drop your captain, this and that, whatever. But it's like, it gets to a point where it's like, if your captain's not scoring goals, you've got to look to someone else to, you know, at least create chances or goals. I think if they're really your captain and they would say, after a certain amount of performances that you need to drop them. Yeah, um, right. For the benefit but, of the team. 
Yeah, and certainly it's not warranted after the two games we've played now without him for him to just come back in at any point. So I don't even think he's on the bench against Leeds. Um, maybe midweek game against Sunderland. Carabao Cup. Back. Yeah, Moose Cup. I think he'll be back on the bench maybe. But I, even then, why? Because you're probably going to want to include some young players on in the bench there. So I don't know. We might not see him till norwich i can't wait till it's the bang energy cup that's that's gonna really get me going i'll support it uber eats cup <laughs> yeah um All so right. yeah I, I, I don't think he'll be back but well as i said before as long as we're getting results and goals are flowing in i i don't mind it and personally at this point, I'd rather see goals being flooded in by Emil Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard, even Lacazette instead of Aubameyang. I've said it before, but I'm just kind of I'm just kind of over the Aubameyang train. Um, just his inability, or I don't want to call it lack of desire, but his inability to, to contest on any sort of long ball. Um, he looks afraid when a cross gets whipped in towards his head. Um, I mean, he's every striker blows chances, but boy, has he scuffed some chances. So yeah, I I am completely fine with him riding the pine as long as we're we're getting results. I saw a a report linking him to to Barcelona in the in January as they're searching for a striker to cure their him? woes. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, they well, I see that. Shit. That's nice and all, but Barcelona can't. Yeah, they can't buy anything. So I'm not sure what goes on there if they try to do an extended loan into obligation or something along those lines. Um, would you be okay with would you okay with that? <laughs> I'm okay with it if it's if we just don't have to pay the pay out the contract. If it's like, okay, you cut this, you agree to forfeit the rest of your contract here and you sign a new contract. I'm plenty fine with that. Um, but I mean, that's, listen, I think I would be too. It's a little bit harsh because he has, he's done some things for the club. Uh, he kept us alive for a bit there, but he hasn't shown flash. Yeah, he hasn't shown any flashes of that really in a season and a half now. I mean, yeah. so. That was third, that was 30 year old Aubameyang, not yeah, 34 had, or 32 year old Aubameyang. His first season on the new contract was not good. Not warranted the money that he got for that. And I think if you had seen, if going back to when we signed his contract, everyone would say, could we please not sign that contract at this point? So for us, if we can get half a year without his wages even, you just pool money for the, your next striker. Do we well, it'd have be a year and a half striker? as well because we don't have we only have we have him for a year and a half left. Yeah, I know, but if even if we just got six months of his salary covered, that's saving your money for that new striker. Ideally, or yes, that could probably buy two new strikers on what is it three hundred and fifty? How much Three hundred and twenty. But I don't. I don't think any clubs are going to take him in January. Do we have the striker depth to just completely say we're done with Aubameyang? Probably not. No. I think he will be useful in the second half of the season, regardless of whether or not he's scoring now. You have to hope that you get goals from him in the second half of the season. Like like I said the other day, you can't, (laughs) even with like Lacazette's played good in two games, we had Lacazette as our starting striker at one point when he was more in his prime than he is now. And we and it bought Aubameyang yeah. because it wasn't he wasn't getting goal production, really. So we're kind of in the same spot now where we have Aubameyang and we're not getting the goal production. But I think him and Laka will be useful in combination in the second half of the season. Alba will come back from this. He'll lick his wounds. Hopefully you get him happy after he's gone away with Gabon. Who knows? Maybe they win it and he comes back flying. Don't so, get ahead of yourself there, mate. Yeah, I know. That's not likely to happen. But <laughs> I I think that it'll be it'll probably be good for Pepe and 
ABBA to be away from the club for a month. It'll actually probably do all parties involved a favor. Pepe will get some playing time. ABBA will get to clear his head. The club will be without both of them, which is all the questions right now are about ABBA and Pepe. So they're dominating our team even when we put in good performance. So So if you get an offer for ABBA and Pepe, and one, two that are substantial enough to go out and get a striker, do you, would you take a two for one? I'd take an offer for Pepe. I don't. I think if you get a striker in January, you're probably rushing it. That's my thought. Because you, 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 your options are so much more limited in January. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is someone that I think we all might like if not our first choice we would we entertain that option and we said Everton are going to want a shit ton of money they can't afford to lose someone like that now and he's just coming back from an injury so you lose an option there because you're not going to pay all that for him in the middle season well after the way uh Richarlson played against us I'll take him I'll take his I'll take Kyle Rulun's backup oh, he yeah. didn't he didn't play today um Richarlison. He had a couple of goals disallowed against us that were fine, fine margins. Don't forget Richarlison was linked with PSG. Um, yeah, well, I mean, he was linked this with, summer. He's been so. linked with a couple of clubs, and Everton don't want to sell him either. So I think both of them would be out of our range in January. If not, right. maybe they would just say no because they need them desperately. I think I saw last game or maybe when I was watching a little bit of their game earlier that they had the least points picked up since like October in the league so I don't think they are in a position where they can sell players in January um, so you, your options just get more and more limited maybe that's Vlahovic, one team though come on maybe that's one team maybe that's, that's one team you can't just say the options are limited because one team won't sell yeah, you're right, because Isaac, they're going to let him go mid-season. We would probably be forced to pay his release clause if there is one. Probably not going to do that. Vlahovic, does any team want to lose their best player mid-season? I think your options are limited there. I think we'll have a better, a much better return if we wait on summer. I completely agree with that. I just, I just think if you're talking about losing Pepe or Alba, I think you need someone else coming in if you're losing one of those players exactly so thank you to to my point and maybe i didn't phrase my question right this this striker doesn't have to be a dominic calvert or a lahalovich or anything in that mold of 50 million 60 million 70 million but would would you take a backup to lacazette maybe someone who can develop maybe he they know they're going to be a role player on way less wages if you were able to offload Alba and Lacazette, a placeholder per se, not a placeholder, maybe, and I don't want to put a label on this guy and say, you know, like a Pablo Marie signing, but <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying yeah, though, right? Like right. someone who will be available and will be able to do play the way that you want to play. Whereas with Alba, you're kind of hamstringed in, in the fact that he's not very physical. He's not good on the ball. Not the best. He can't score right now. You're basically so, saying we're signing someone that's an upgrade on Enkedia in January. So essentially, that, that will hold be, you over. You want a Cedric. No, because Cedric is 30. <laughs> and horrible. No, I, dude, I, that's, I don't think that's at all the right decision to make. I think you're better off just playing Enkedia in that role. You have him for six months. You might as well use him. It doesn't matter if you want... Like trying to find a mold to back up Lacazette to possibly develop him. That's essentially what you want. Balogun, even if you send him on loan, you have Enkedia as a backup. You have Martinelli who can play that spot. You could, if you go four deep, if you need a fourth striker at that point, that's when you get creative, creative and you could play ESR in that role. But that's a month. Or, well, I mean, I guess if we sell Alba, but I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I was going to say it's not four deep because Alba's gone. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I mean, then, have, then one injury, you're really down bad. No, nah, you have you have another you have Laka, You have Eddie, if they're both out, you have Martinelli who can play that spot if need be, and then if he's out, 
Who's playing the wing, though, because Pepe's gone? ESR. ESR Odegaard Saka. Okay, but the the same same thing still applies, though, with the injury. Yeah, you you have, like, one player out. It's, I don't know. Well, I think I we're already think... limited. <laughs> after, after I, much yeah, I mean, I don't think players. we're running a deep squad, but that's because we don't have a lot of games. I know you can think about injury in some regard, but to go four deep or the third option and then another guy gets hurt, you have to just find the resources in your club. I think you could maybe pick up a winger easier than it would be for us to pick up a striker, and I'd be more okay with that thought process. But I I don't think I would even sell Alba unless you get an outrageous transfer price. Which you're not you, you're not going to get any good transfer exactly. Offers for Alba. So I don't think it's realistic that you would you would bring someone in, in instead of him anyway. If you lost Pepe, I could definitely see a winger come in, and I'd be kind of about it too. Yeah, moral of the story: I don't think Alba is going to be going anywhere in January as unfortunate or fortunate as it is. Cause we can't tell the future. We don't know if he'll, you know, miraculously turn it on come, come after the AFCON and tear up the premier league. So either way it comes, it all goes back to the, the contract that was given to him. Um, at that point in time, I'll admit that I was like, we, well, we can't lose a bombing. He's the, he's the only person who scores goals. You know, if if we do lose him, we're going to have to replace those goals somehow. Easier to just, you know, sign the contract because you know that it's it's there and the goals will come. And unfortunately, you didn't know that because they haven't come since this contract was signed. Um, And it's just depressing that Arsenal doesn't learn their lesson. I mean, the same thing happens with Ozil. He gets the contract extension and then he's forced out of the team. Uh, it just, just almost seems like a secular process, a cyclical pro- process with with Arsenal and their contract conundrums they get themselves stuck into. Well, I think that probably about does it. Does anyone else have, anyone else have anything to add? Wanker of the week? Uh, Rolf Hasenhuttle went back to his uh, sweats for the Southampton <laughs> game yesterday. So I just want want that to be known to the world. Yeah, I bet Beckett's getting hungry after that dinner alarm. Yeah, yeah shoot. his mouth's been watering for the last 30 minutes. So. Yeah. All right, well, well, I guess we can end it on that. Um, again, good 2-0 victory this year. I think we had some pretty good discussion regarding it. Hopefully we learned a little bit about the team and where we're going to go in the future without Aubameyang. So with that... I say adieu, Beckett. Peace. Sam. We'll see you. And we will see you guys hopefully after the Leeds game this this weekend. And hopefully after another clean sheet dub. Hasta luego. We'll see you next time.